0: I do mean the truly great Andrew McCutcheon is coming home. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins. They won't be as upbeat as this one, though. They won't. For as much as I will pan this team's ownership, this team's front office, this team's on field, instruction, deployment, whatever it is that you want to call it, I will look at this signing, this homecoming for Kutch and praise every single individual involved, including Kutch himself. This had to happen. I. I it, it's funny. I don't want to make more of this than what it is. But at the same time, I also want to be careful today not to make less of it than what it is. This franchise, 137 years old, home to 13 Hall of Famers who wore the Pirates hat going into Cooperstown. Five World Series championships. Roberto Clemente, Willie Stargell, Hannes Wagner. There's... There's something about the Pirates that offsets them from Pittsburgh's other teams in their own way. Most of it's related to longevity. Obviously, they've been around more than twice as long as either of our football or hockey teams. But because they go back so far, because they've been a part of so many different generations' lives, There's something that becomes intrinsic about when an individual pirate, or, of course, the team itself, it's been a while, is successful. And what makes Kutch stand out, what makes him actually, if you think about it, a singularity, certainly in this century, is that he came along at a time when the team was already decades into a losing streak, when it was already multiple decades into not having won a World Series. And he essentially, but not necessarily eagerly or purposefully, and I'll explain that in a moment, carried the Pirates out of that against every odds, not least of which is, you know, the ownership and the front office at that time. But he did that. He did that. Do you remember whenever the Pirates broke the 20-year losing streak? Remember who the last fly ball out went to? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember the gesture that he made to the heavens whenever he raised his arms there and everyone made a big deal out of it? Well, he and I had a... Good talk, this past summer in Milwaukee, and I reminded him of that, and he shook his head. And he says, uh, "He says my name in, in almost like this, like uh, not condescending. That's not him, but like in a the way you talk to a child kind of way." DK, seriously, is that why you think I did that? And I go, oh, "Yeah, everybody did." He goes, "I do that after every." After every game, we win. And you know what? As he said that, maybe even halfway through that sentence, it occurred to me, you know what? Doesn't he do that after every game? And Yeah, he does. He just, he has this gesture that he looks up to the heavens and he raises both of his arms. Now, that one might have been, though he obviously wouldn't admit it, a little bit more pronounced. Because he knew what it meant. He knew what he meant. And he's known all along what he's meant to the Pirates and to the city of Pittsburgh. Now, What's his place within the 137-year history of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club? That's where the conversation starts getting fun. But a zillion times more fun with him wearing the uniform, presumably maybe through to the end of his career because now you're looking at him again now you're seeing him wear either the word pirates or the word pittsburgh across his chest again and it just feels different his place he's not going to be someone who's in the upper echelon uh, you know there's a there's a clemente shelf up there you know there's a there's a wagner shelf when it comes to the player who had the biggest impact uh, in terms of actual baseballness, because Wagner was considered one of the two greatest players, really, in the first two, three decades of big league baseball. That's going to be a tough one for anyone to ever top. But if you look at what Kutch has done and his own trajectory, and the fact that through the passage of time, there are different circumstances that arise that you have to fight through, that you have to help lead your way out of. Kind of, for those of you who are pirates historians, and I take a lot of pride in doing a lot of reading about this team, you'll know that the 1950s were a really dark time the early 1950s. And then Ralph Kiner came along and started generating some excitement with all his home runs and everything. The team still was no good, hence the, the trading of Kiner, because as it was famously worded at the time by Branch Rickey, we can finish in last place without you. But that contributed to building things back up, and then you started to see Clemente and Mazeroski and Verdon and others come along. That ended up carrying the team to glory in 1960. Kutch had a way bigger hill than that to climb just to get this team to the playoffs. But he did that. He did that. Not alone. With a lot of help. But he was the face. He was the the voice. He was the, the figurehead that made it happen. And no, they didn't win anything, they didn't win any series and yes it was officially a playoff round according to Major League Baseball when they beat the Reds in the blackout game they didn't win anything other than that one but there's something to be said for as Clint Hurdle put it at the time rebonding a city with its baseball team that was done largely through him and there isn't another player in the Pirates history that you can point to in a setting like that it can't be obviously that was the worst losing streak in the history of professional sports but yeah he he's gonna have a special place he's gonna have his number retired there won't be anybody wearing 22 uh, you know as far as other stuff I don't really know you know I mean I can't even guess with we statues and things like that every team has a different set of criteria the Pirates have three of those already uh, you know I that's going to be for somebody uh, to, to decide well above my pay scale. But Kutch comes with a lot of a lot of um, positives even beyond what he's brought to the field. So I don't even think something like that could be ruled out. Fun, fun, fun time to be thinking about stuff like this. It really is. Just imagine. I'm going to say this. Just imagine if the team were to be good in 2023. When we come back, J1Q... My friend Joe Luchak, before I even read what Joe has to say, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. I've had uh, a lot of different people who've been reading me for a long time. I've been blessed by this. I don't say that as some sort of uh, overly syrupy hype. It's just, it's just the truth. If you're a writer and nobody's reading you, you're, you're nothing. You're just absolutely nothing. You have to have people that are committed to reading you regularly, but also to speaking their mind and offering uh, feedback that's thoughtful, that can be critical, that can involve praise, but that makes you think, that makes you know that they're reading and, and pondering what it is that you're putting together. Joe's been with me going back to my post-gazette days, and I'm talking early in my post-gazette days. He's been, not to date you here, Joe, but it's it's been a while, right? So Joe writes to me occasionally. He doesn't do it like every day or anything like that. When he does, I, I always go out of my way to pay special attention to what he has to offer. So in response to this week's general theme on Daily Shot of Pirates about the prospect's who've been falling down the lists, the organization not being seen as one of the top five or ten in baseball, despite three years of a really hard rebuild. Joe's response to my commentary over the week is three simple sentences. Prospects rise and fall every year. Some will rise again. and Others will not. As always, time will tell. Yeah yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> you know Ben Charrington would say that prospect's inclines aren't linear and they're not. I like the way Joe says it. And he's completely right. You will see, and you could go back through the history of almost any prospect, even those on the, the steepest trajectories. And you'll see that there's a setback. Baseball is full of setbacks. Every single plate appearance, whether it's from a pitcher's perspective or a hitter's perspective, is full of setbacks. But baseball is all about how you overcome those. The ones that don't overcome them, they get stuck. The ones that do, they find a way to push through, to break through, a barrier. Then all of a sudden, just like that, there's something that you never expected them to be. Let's talk about Luis Ortiz in this context. Luis Ortiz, at this time, a year ago, was the number 22 prospect in the Pirates system, according to Baseball America. I'm going to repeat that again. In the Pirates system, not overall. Next thing you know, Luis unlocks something or someone working with him in development, and instruction, coaching, unlocks something. And he's firing the ball up there at 100 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, I mean, just like that, just like magic, you are rocketing up the charts. Was everybody wrong about you before? No, not really. You were what you were at the time that you were ranked. Was everybody wrong that Mitch Keller wouldn't throw hard in the majors? No. But when Mitch, even at his advanced stage, having been in the majors for a few years, went to that outfit in North Carolina where they unlocked the 100-mile-an-hour pitch, he, he he was just a different guy. He broke through. Baseball has more of this sort of thing then all other sports combined i've long been convinced so getting two up or two down about prospects and i'm probably guilty of that over the past week it, it it's it's nonsensical it's nonsensical i still want to see a general movement upward from the team in this regard after all the time the resources and of course the fan pain that went into these past three years. But to look at the individuals, to look at Henry Davis and say he's toast because he's dropped 60 spots on the list, to look at Nick Gonzalez and say, you know, hey, he can't hit this type of pitch or he can't hit that type of pitch, we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. And the same goes for Quinn Priester and everybody else. I appreciate always everything that you send this way, Joe. I appreciate Everyone who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates will do another one of these next Monday.